Hello and welcome to Meet the Education Researcher. This is a podcast from the Faculty of Education at Monash University. And here we talk with researchers in and around the faculty about their current reading, writing and thinking. So welcome to interview number 11 in our regular series of Meet the Education Researcher podcasts. My name is Neil Selwyn and I work in the Faculty of Education, Monash University in Melbourne, Australia. And the aim of these recordings is simple. We're going to spend 15 minutes or so getting to know what researchers in and around the faculty are currently up to. So today I'm joined by Alex Kostergritz, a recently re-arrived professor in the faculty. Good afternoon, Alex. Good afternoon, Neil. So I mean, straight off, I want to give you a chance to give a proper account of yourself. Your official title is a professor in languages and TESOL education, which all sounds suitably vague. And I was wondering, what are you really interested in? What are the big issues and the big ideas that your work grapples with? Well, it's, it's my discipline. So I've been working as a languages teacher for... Three, three decades already, but my academic career started really with my PhD in um, second language literacy. And in particular, I was interested at that point in time in uh, literacy in multicultural conditions. So my, uh, as the as result of that, my uh, foci shifted from issues like learning about language, uh, how people learn languages and acquire uh, and uh, cognitive processes to more more into sociocultural aspect of language learning, looking at uh, such issues as power relationships, identity, uh, work of learners, as well as um, politics of language education. So, what was it that kind of pushed you from the learning to the politics? Uh, well, I came from uh, from Ukraine to Australia, and and Ukraine is a relatively monocultural nation, so. Even though there has been always bilingual situation, Russian and Ukrainian language education, I haven't come across such a great diversity. Uh, uh, and, and clearly it was a point of attraction. So understanding how people, what, what is involved in, in language learning and language education in multicultural conditions. And clearly understanding that complexity uh, was one of, of the points, as well as theorizing aspects as such as cultural hybridity, uh, third space pedagogy, and um, looking at what happens actually between two cultures rather than shifting from one culture to another, such as assimilation process. So, I mean, how easy is it to fit these kind of big picture concerns about power and politics and hybridity and complexity into what seems from the outside to be a rather kind of closed, cosy academic world? Well, it, it is. It, it is not easy. Um, the field of uh, language education, TESOL education, is predominantly dominated by um, cognitive perspectives on mm. language acquisition. So seemingly uh, people understand that as, as apolitical, but um, talking about and exploring issues that are political in their nature, whether explicitly or implicitly, uh, is important in a sense of uh, if you are working towards a more just society or democratic society where differences are recognized and uh, potential of multicultural potential is utilized in, in multiple ways in the classroom and outside of the classroom. So that becomes really an interesting sphere to, to work in. But also my interest is also in teacher education and mm. te teaching practice. So uh, with time I shifted more towards professional ethics as one of, of the um, areas of my research. And in particular, understanding ethics uh, first and foremost as a form of relationships. 
Uh, so we know that teaching is a relational profession, but uh, very often uh, we talk about standards, we talk about best practices, and uh, we uh, tend to forget the primordial aspect of teaching, mm. which is a relational aspect. And, and so therefore how people treat each other in learning situations, and it has to do also with the issue of recognition. And, and how people actually are perceived, as well as how um, issues of social justice are possible in classroom situations. So already you've said about 10 things which really lend themselves to kind of theoretically being unpacked, so in terms of power and social justice and ethics. I mean, where does theory come into all of this? Who or what are you drawing on to make sense of these mm. issues? In most cases, I draw on uh, continental uh, tradition. And in particular, um, uh, scholars that work in, in the area of existentialism uh, and, and, and ethics, uh, such as from the point of view of existentialism, Kierkegaard, Heidegger and uh, Sartre. And in terms of ethics, so I draw and develop the concept of dialogical ethics that has some roots in uh, Bakhtin's theory, but also in Emmanuel Levinas and Derrida. So can you give us an example of, say, you said those perspectives being kind of put into, say, teacher education, professional development. I mean, how do those ideas fit from the 20th century kind of continental tradition into 21st century mm. Australian classrooms? Mm. Well, it, it doesn't fit, really. Because, <laughs> because uh, we are in, in the, and, and, and that's why it's important to work in the, in the that uh, field, we are in the uh, in times of uh, standards-based reforms, mm. both uh, reforming teacher education and and teaching as a profession. So the rise of accountability and and performativity is is quite extensive. And and so uh, one of my projects that I've been involved with my colleagues explored actually the uh, uh, impact of accountability measures and high-stakes st high testing on, on the work of teachers. Well, clearly, uh, when we think about teaching from the point of view of social justice and um, talking about ethics in teaching, so um, many of our participants mentioned the aspect of returning to ethics as, as an important aspect of their work uh, so that uh, accountability does not change relationships between teachers and students in terms of reification uh, that people become perceived as objects and then therefore relationships between people become as a relationship be between things mediated by numbers yeah, yeah. such as you know what what kind of test scores are there so your work is judged by numbers as well as uh, students become judged by numbers and that's a classic example of reification so in some ways theory is a provocation as you say it doesn't fit perfectly but it kind of messes things up it doesn't and and, and hence uh, i i have been perceived research always as a political project, mm. not just uh, for the sake of understanding certain things, but also, uh, and in particular, when one's, one works with, with the profession as a way of um, uh, talking to, to teachers about uh, things that matter, matter to them, as well as uh, understanding, uh, to some extent, uh, 
how they perform, but also points of resistance, uh, whereby teachers resist to certain standards and, and negative impact that those those standards-based reform produce. Yeah, I mean, so so linked to those theoretical ideas, I guess, are more contemporary uh, writings. I'm really interested in terms of what you're actually reading in those areas that's being produced in the you know, now in the 21st century. Mm-hmm. I mean, who, who are the authors um, that you're really getting ideas from? There are a number of areas that I'm trying. I'm I'm looking at at the moment. So I'm interested in affect theory and and uh, understanding the affective labor of teachers, uh, not only uh, from the point of view of how teachers perform uh, in terms of uh, and how teachers work can be perceived in terms of standards, but also looking at other aspects of their work. And affective labor of teachers is not something that can be measured easily. No, no. Yeah, or so, even people are aware of. And can abs- talk to absolutely. About. Affective labor has to do with um, emotional in- investments and in emotions in teachers' work. So when we think about uh, what teachers do really care about and, and how they uh, bring their work to their homes, you know, and think about issues and then come back to school every day and engage with uh, their students. So affective labor doesn't stop. So it's not from nine till five or four. Uh, so it continues. It's mm. ongoing work, uh, and and hence it's not recognized as 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 work. So that's why it's it's labor. So I'm drawing on uh, Arendt's distinction between labor and work uh, in understanding affective side of professional uh, practice of teachers. Um, also, currently, I'm uh, working on working with uh, a much sense uh, a capability approach in terms of uh, understanding and, and theorizing initial teacher education uh, as a way of building capabilities and functioning to enable functionings of of beginning teachers. Mm. So um, that kind of approach is helpful in terms of evaluating uh, initial teacher education, not from the point of view how people would evaluate, but from the point of, again, from the point of view of social justice, that is, uh, what kind of conditions we create through initial teacher education programs, and then what kind of conditions beginning teachers find themselves when they go to schools. So um, all those kind of things are enabling or constraining factors in, in terms of what kind of teachers they become. So um, uh, I'm interested in, in that work as well. Uh, so depending on, on, on research projects, what kind of research projects I'm involved in, um, I'm quite eclectic in yeah, my yeah. theoretical... I think you have to be in education. You have to kind of pick and choose and cut your cloth mm. accordingly. Mm. So, I mean, that's what you're consuming. I'm also interested in what you're producing. So what are you actually writing in those areas at the moment? And where are you writing? Do you publish in policy and philosophy or are you going for teacher education journals? Oh, and... Mostly teacher education journals. Okay. But my research projects, pr- Pro, well, I, in fact, I have two research programs. One is in um, my ongoing interest in literacy studies, mm. uh, and another one is in teacher education. So uh, currently I have shifted a little bit in, more into teacher education space, and hence my publications are in, that, in, that, in those outlets that speak to uh, teacher education and teaching. But uh, currently I'm probably my project would be uh, to explore different outlets as well because uh, I'm writing currently uh, more about methodological aspects uh, of of doing research in education, developing the concept of proximal ethnography. Proximal ethnography is, is, uh, well, this concept comes from 
uh, cultural studies, actually looking at everyday of people, everyday practices, and and uh, proximity as as one of ways into a life and work of people. Uh, but also, it's the it's about the position of researcher as as an observer, as an outsider, but also as insider. Mm. So it's kind of borderline uh, position of of the researcher in that regard. And so, and in terms of proximal ethnography, uh, I'm drawing on Lefebvre, Henry Lefebvre, yeah. as as one of the key contributors to uh, research into everyday life, as well as this to and uh, uh, Zygmunt Krakow, a less known scholar, yet quite important scholar who worked in uh, in times of of the Weimar Republic in between two wars in Germany. So and uh, and Benjamin, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's all the kind of highfalutin stuff. I guess I just wanted to finish with a more practical question in terms of career building. I mean, you've just come back to Monash. You were at Monash previously. Mm-hmm. You've worked at other universities as well. So, I mean, I've taken the same approach to my career. I've always moved around. And I'm wondering what do you get from kind of moving from university to university? It's it's absolutely an enriching uh, uh, kind of experience because, uh, well, universities have become similar in terms of str- how they are managed and what, what's going on. And yet they are very different places and, and have different agendas and uh, different projects uh, and challenges and opportunities as well so uh, it has been an absolutely enriching experience for me to to build my own identity as an academic build my skills uh, build my um, uh, capabilities uh, including interpersonal working with people uh, I have been in in leadership roles as well so that was an incredible experience in terms of seeing how you can still can change certain things. Uh, on on a larger scale, if you are lucky, but definitely make a difference um, uh, locally uh, in units and and departments or schools where you work. Uh, it's nice to meet an academic that's still hopeful. Well, I am. <laughs> well, excellent. Thanks ever so much for your time and Thank good you luck know. with it all. It's a pleasure. <laughs>